This is my voice, my weapon of choice. Hello everybody, you are listening to IVS Radio, a podcast series on the migrant women experience. Brought to you by IVS, the international women's space. IVS has been a space for refugee women to come together and self-organize. We discuss, share, and exchange our stories, experiences, challenges, and struggles. We empower each other and empower ourselves to learn about and fight for our rights. Make sure to visit our website, iwspace.de, and subscribe to our podcasts. Hello, everybody. I am Lavender from the Break Isolation Group, which is a project of uh, International Women's Space, IVS. And we are here at uh, We Are Born Free Radio for our eighth episode. I want to introduce our companiera, Shoko Fei, who is from IVS and the Alliance of Internationalist Feminists, who will be here to talk with our guests. I will be one of the guests later on in the episode where I will share more about the Break Isolation Group, BIG, and the organizing of refugee women. So allow me to welcome Shoko Fei. Thank you, Lavenda. Hi, I'm Shukufa. We have uh, in the studio today not only Lavenda from the Break Isolation Group, but also Shadia from Sudan Uprising, Khalteva from the Assemble de Mujeres from the Bloc Latino Americano, and Nujian from Izidish Frauenrat, Izidi Women Council. And we will also get to hear audio uh, audio calls out from the Aget Frauen, Women in Exile, and the Alliance of Internationalist Feminist Belly. For today's show, we want to focus on violence against women because of 25, uh, 25th of November is around the corner, how you know. And the 20, uh, 25th of November is the International Day of the, for the Elimination of the Violence Against Women. But what are we really talking about when we talk about violence? We know of the domestic violence that is often in the media, but as an internationalist woman or as an internationalist feminist alliance, we feel it is important to add to this discussion the violence um, that the women face created by the history of colonialism, imperialism, capitalism, white supremacy, and also the violence in political struggle. We want to also discuss how women are organizing against these oppressions in their own context and through international alliances. The 25th of uh, November for us is a day to call women to be part of this internationalist fight. Before we talk with our guests about their struggles and resistance, let's first hear from the Assemble de Mujeres from the Bloc Latino Americano to know more about this day. If they kill me, I will take my arms out of the grave and be stronger. With these words, Dominican activist Minerva Mirabal responded in the early 1960s to all those who warned her of what seems to be a secret not to all. The regime of President Rafael Leonidas Trujillo would kill her. Then, on November 25th, her body was found at the bottom of a ravine, inside a jeep, with two of her sisters, Patricia and Maria Teresa, and the driver of the car. 
This month, we recognize the International Day for Elimination of Violence Against Women and Feminized Bodies. Violence against women, girls, and feminized bodies is one of the most whispered, persistent, and devastating human rights violations in our world today. Remains largely unreported due to the impunity, silence, stigma, and shame surrounding it. For that reason, today, we want to share the story of Mirabal sisters, three brave women who followed their convictions and fought for justice against dictatorship in their country. Known as Las Mariposas, the Butterflies, the Mirabal sisters were born in the Dominican province of Salcedo. At the time of their death, had 10 years of political activism in the Trujillo dictatorship. Two of them, Minerva and Maria Teresa, had already been in prison several times due to their actions as activists. They started an activist group called the Movement of the 14th of June, named after the date their country at Patria witnessed a massacre ordered by Trujillo, the president of the Dominican Republic at the time. The group's primary goal was to oppose Trujillo's regime. They informed the public about Trujillo's crimes and openly spoke about the injustices committed under his ruling. On the 25th of November in the 60s, some henchmen following the orders of Trujillo killed them savagely and brutally. In 1999, the United Nations General Assembly declared declare November 25 to the International Day for Elimination of Violence Against Women in honor of the Mirabal sisters and their fight for justice. Today, we are inspired by these sisters, by their courage and their refusal to stop fighting for what they believed in. The Mirabal sisters have paved the way for many more women to become activists. Let us hope that today we serve as a reminder that violence against women who speak out will not make other women quiet. Thank you very much uh, for this input, uh, comrades from the Assemblée de Mujeres. So we would like to start now with Shadia from Sudan Uprising. She is a feminist and communist activist and a civil society member from the Sudan, now living in Berlin, and also a member of Sudan Uprising Germany. Since the beginning of the Sudanese revolution in 2018, a group was formed internationally named Sudan Uprising. Also in Germany, they are very active. What I think is so important about Sudanese revolution is how women were not only taking spaces in the revolution, but leading it. And this is a part of very long history of Sudanese women activists fighting against colonialism, patriarchy and the dictatorship in Sudan. Welcome, Shadia. It's great to have you here. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you, really. And I'm happy to meet you. <laughs> Um, Shadia, the image that the Sudanese revolution showed to the world was women leading a revolution. And that brought a lot of hope to 
a lot of us in the movement. So what's going on now? How is going on? Yeah, uh, really this is sad, but I will talk about the very uh, happy uh, part of this. Uh, the Sudanese women really have very uh, deep, uh, long fight against uh, dictatorship and uh, patriarchy and uh, the oppression. So their participation in the revolution like started very strongly in the beginning of uh, this dictator regime like 30 years ago so that women could be very organized during the re revolution because they are prepared and really they lead they started the revolution uh, 30 years ago and they lead the movement in the street and give us all the hope that like we didn't pay it 30 years for nothing the sad uh, part of the thing that the, the transition uh, government and the, the coalition, the political coalition, uh, just ignore women completely during uh, the, the organizing of the, the, the government and uh, during uh, the, the period of uh, the preparation to the next step so that they ignore women during the the, the, the negotiations even though the majority of the women are not agreeing the, to negotiate with the, the military part but after that this ignoration like continued in every uh, part of the, the, the preparation of the transition uh, period and even when they just like uh, include women, they, the, the, the men or the male in the, in the uh, political uh, uh, coalition and in the government, they choose women from their, their point of view. And this is very sad, really. What do you mean with their point of view? Just like they select women who they know or who they think that they are good. They didn't give the women movement the chance to nominate who can participate. And also even the seats like uh, in the, the government, like just like very few leading seats for uh, women. Like uh, as government, they bring only two ministers and from our point of view, they, uh, we don't know them in the women movement. So that we are not very sure that they, will, they can fight for our issues as women. And also only two, two women in the Supreme Court, uh, Council. So that like it is something just like we include women. Women are with us. Uh, and... It, also, they are talking about something very annoying. They are saying that representing women. Why we are, why we, we should be represented when we, they are ruling? What they did to have this opportunity to to have this right? Yeah. And and what is the strategy of women movement due to the current situation now? Actually, I feel that like if 
we are we are working as women movement with the same strategy from the beginning from the 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 the, the time of fighting against colonialism and every time when there is big change in sudan we get back to the to the start because like like when we change regime and after any every revolution or any every political change just to find ourselves that we have to fight for our rights our women and this is like starting point all the time we we find ourselves in this starting point so that i think that now we are thinking during this revolution with the same strategy which is leading to no point we have to change now our strategy and really this is my very important issue and question how what we do how we can do it to change the result because it is it is nonsense to 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 make the to, to do the same uh, things and wait for different result we have to change to to to, to get different result to to find a way to be like part of uh, decision making I just wanted to add that the violence, the 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 ignoration which happened to women uh, due, uh, from the transition authorities after the revolution, is meaning that they they are keeping silent uh, about every kind of violence which happening to women, starting from the the legislations which is. Uh, completely against women and uh, as, uh, as all, ki- all kind of violence, domestic violence and uh, uh, the, the uh, constitution, uh, constitutional uh, violence. And this is what is uh, what I mean when I talk about uh, ignoration is a very harmful kind of violence against women. Thank you. The other amazing part of the Sudanese revolution for uh, a lot of us was how you uh, all connected internationally during and after the after the revolution. How was your experiences of these alliances? Did it help and how you are continue working in this form? A lot. A lot, really. I I should thank all the colleagues and comrades from different parts of the world, and especially here in Germany, who gave us the chance from the 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 early uh, uh, 2018, uh, when the Sudanese uh, Communist Party in Sudan like uh, wanted to 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 walk. To, to organize a demonstration to talk uh, to the government, the, the last regime, about the, the, the national budget. And they give us chances and make uh, different kind of interviews with me especially. And I, 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 I get the chance to speak about how European Union uh, defends the government, uh, the, the, the dictatorship in Sudan, how they are uh, paying the... the, the Genjawit, uh, which is now part of the the transition uh, period, 
by just cheating the Sudanese revolution. And I guess we talk about the revolution and the movement of Sudan, and this is like help. And also they supported us, they stand with us in the demonstrations and uh, during the revolution. And this is, uh, this is like uh, uh, give us the chance to let all the world know about the Sudanese revolution. Because when the revolution started really, hard and the people in the streets nobody talk about them the official media all over the world just ignoring what happens in sudan all uh, although the uh, hundreds of sudanese uh, people dying every day shooting down the streets and i think this uh, uh, this support and solidarity like let the world just listen and hear what is happening in Sudan and what was happening in Sudan. I, um, really, I thank all the people who stand with us. Especially in Berlin, you are also yes. very good connected, um, also as a working group woman in the Sudan uprising. Um, how is this work for you? I mean, the feminist work inside your um, struggle, inside your fight. Yeah, yeah. This working very, very good for us and give us the hope and the things to go forward. And they just like uh, supporting us all the time. Even uh, sometimes we feel very disappointed and feel very weak after we are seeing the result of the political situation in Sudan now after the revolution our comrade in uh, this alliance like giving us very very strong uh, support and helping us and this opportunity just to talk about violence against women to talk about the Sudanese women movement I think this is very uh, very nice or a very good uh, kind of support and thank you <laughs> for this Thank you for being here and thank you for your input. Uh, you choose also a song for us, Azafi uh, Hawak from Khalil Farah. Uh, would you tell us a bit more about this song? Yes, this song, like, it is very uh, old song, Sudanese song, and Khalil Farah, uh, the musician who make uh, this song, uh, just like he tried to, to, to motivate women to get up and stand uh, against the colonialism and for their rights and uh, so on. And he just like talked to uh, a lady called Azza. Uh, she is the wife of one of the, the partisans in Sudan at that time. And now she is a symbol of Sudanese, and you now you can find so many Sudanese young ladies called Azza. And the song, like telling the women to get up, stand uh, for their right, and uh, telling them that while you are sleeping and doing the household uh, work and take care of, uh, of your uh, just body beauty and so on, the women all over the world is like uh, uh, working and they are ahead uh, of you. So like uh, this song is very motivated and uh, personally I like this song. It is my simple. Thank you very, very much uh, Shadia for your input. Let's listen to the song. And this song is from Khalil Farah uh, initially, and it is now uh, by the choral of the Institute of Music in Sudan, and I like it. 
We just heard uh, Shadia from Sudan Uprising about the ongoing struggle of Sudanese women. So let's move on to the Assemblée de Mujeres, a self-organized block of women and sexual dissidents from the Bloc, Bloc Latino Americano in Berlin. Just some information about the group. The Assemblée sees the importance of the visibility of women's struggle from the Abiyajala, the indigenous name of the Latin American continent, for the group, it is fundamental to build alliances here because the Assemblée understand that together in our diversity, we will be more capable to bring all our demands. Khalteva, happy to have you here. So I start with the first question. In the struggles in Latin America, we see how women are in the forefront of the fight against the neoliberal system. The examples are enough in Chile, in Bolivia, everywhere. Uh, can you tell us more about this? Yes. Um, first of all, thank you, Shokofe, for having me here. Thank you um, yeah, to all women that are organizing the 25th of November. Of November. And yes, of course, women have been on the forefront since the beginning, only that before they were invisibilized. Sorry. And women are defending their territories against, for example, mining illegal projects. They are there um, denouncing repressions, denouncing the violation of human rights. They are, are uh, there exists also women in exile that are trying to visibilize all the problematics that are happening in Latin America. Just to mention some examples. 
Uh, we we uh, know, of course, there's a lot of them, and I cannot speak for the whole Latin America, um, but for us, it's important to mention how women are taking, for example, some places, like it's happening in Mexico and in Ecuador as well, and um, also women that um, in Nicaragua, even um, even that even knowing that this dictatorship that we are living there and that uh, women's organizations are the first enemy of the government and women doesn't, do not have the right there um, to demonstrate. They are keep fighting, they are trying to speak up. And here what we do is as well trying to represent them or trying to say what are their demands here in Berlin, for example. And for us, um, also we want to mention that um, women, especially indigenous women, are particularly vulnerable to environment-related violence. We know that you are very much connected and building alliances in Latin America. It's very known um, the way that you are fighting or you are bringing your political fight forward. How are you organizing these issues internationally, especially from the exile or diaspora? In La Asamblea de Mujeres, we are um, getting together to share our experiences. And we are also women that are in different collective from our countries, so for us, we have to we have two priority lines. Um, the first one is to um, to share here in Germany what is happening there, and to help, for example, women that cannot speak over there because they have the risk to get in prison. So we are trying to connect these um, fights uh, there and here, and our other line is to build alliances here in Berlin because we know that we are women, we know that we have, um, we are diverse, and, but we understand that only together we can fight against these monsters that we can call neoliberalism, capitalism, racism. And yes, these are the, our two priority lines. And we, the group, um, the Asamblea de Mujeres was created uh, last year. We only have one year uh, of existence, but we are pretty sure that we want to connect here with women um, that are part of as well from the International Women Alliance so we can share experience, so we can also connect our fights and come together to get even bigger and even louder. Now in the Assemblea, we are working on the campaign to legalize undocumented uh, migrants uh, in the moment uh, here in Germany. And it's also a campaign that is working in whole Europe. So for us, it's also really important to be civilized um, the feminization of migrants here. Thank you very much for your input. And... Uh, we will also hear a song today here that you bring to us. Would you tell us a bit uh, more about this song? Yes, this song is um, Cancion Sin Miedo, Sound Without Fear. Um, and it's about 
the violence that the states, the militars, and and the church um, are doing against women. And it's a song uh, that now it's really important for us because every time that we go out on the streets to fight for our rights, we are putting this song to remember that there are the ones that are responsible that we are being violated. So thank you very much again. Let's listen to the song together. Radio. 
kukaribishwa kusikiza radio ya International Women's Space. Now we are back. We have heard uh, now the experiences of women from Sudan uprising and the assembly, the mujeres from the bloc Latino Americano. Today we also have Nurjian with us by phone, member of Kurdish women movement and uh, from Izidische Frauenrat, the Izidi Women Council in Berlin, which was funded after 3rd August 2014, the date of the feminicide that happened in the Izidi area called Chengal. The Izidi society right now is very worried about the agreements between Baghdad and the Iraqi government and the Kurdish regional government in Iraq, which tries to decide for the lives of Izidi people without them. Behind this shame are the USA and Turkey. Nurjian, can you tell us more about the situation and your ongoing struggle? Um, on October 9th of this year, an agreement was reached between the central government of Iraq and the Kurdish autonomous regions, the PDG in Erbil, without involvement of the Yazidi self-governing structures in Shangal in northern Iraq. We, as Yazidis, see this agreement as the basis for the continuation of the genocide, which took place on August 3rd, 2014. As you know, six years ago, we witnessed through the media reports the 74th genocide in form of femicide against the Yazidis in Shengal in northern Iraq, which is the Yazidis' main settlement area. About 7,000 women and girls were abducted by the IS and bought, sold, and systematically raped in the sex slave markets opened by the IS. After August 3, 2014, the Yazidis began to organize themselves. They founded their people's councils, they founded their women councils, but they also founded women's military office, which means that the Yazidi women have their women's defense units, but all of this happened after August 3, 2014. I would like to give you some brief information about how August 3 came about. Before the genocide of the Yazidi, there was a conference in Amman. At this Amman conference, there were secret agreements with the participation of t Turkey, the USA, and many other countries of the Gulf states, but also the KDP. The Kurdish party, the KDP, today make decisions for the future of the Yazidis without the participation of the Yazidis. And who else sat at the table at this Amman conference? The IS. This means that at this Amman conference before the genocide, before August 3rd, it was already agreed that Chengal, that Mosul and Chengal would be handed over to the IS. It was already decided, it was predictable, that this killing machine would attack Yazidi. Before the genocide, there were over 10,000 KDP Peshmerga in Shengal who were responsible for the safety of the Yazidi and Yazidis. Not only did they retreat without a fight, but before they did, they took the weapons from the Yazidis who were with the Peshmerga and left them without a way to defend themselves. So this August 3rd could only be possible after all these secret agreements had taken place. And today, 
Today, the authorities come, sit down, decide about the Yazidis, about their future, without consulting them. And then they present to the Yazidis, here it is the agreement, the Schengen Agreement. That won't work. It will be impossible. It will have devastating consequences because Yazidis are no longer the Yazidis they were before August 3, 2014. The Yazidis have organized themselves. They have built their structures. They are democratic self-governing structures. They also have their defense units, consists of young Yazidi men and young Yazidi women. It will not be that simple. The Kurdish women movement is already connected and organized worldwide. Can you also tell us uh, about the way you organize yourself and how you see the relationship between the Kurdish women's movement and the international feminist movements around the world? I have already mentioned that on August 3rd, 2014, over 7,000 women were caught by the IS and sold in the sex slave markets. This could only happen because we Ezidi women were not organized. After August, August 3rd, we organized ourselves according to the ideology of Sakin Jansis and her students who came to Shengal from Kandil and Rojava and rushed to help the Yazidis. We organized ourselves according to the, this ideology. Today, there are Yazidis all over the world who organize themselves based on the democratic structures of the ideology of Sakina Jansis. We, the Kurdish women's movement, do not only see ourselves as part of the international women's movement, we see ourselves rather, rather in charge. I would like to tell the story of the Kurdish women's movement very briefly. The Kurdish women's movement has not just existed since yesterday or since August 3rd. It began in 1977, led by Sakin Jansis, who fought for the liberation of women from the beginning. It was clear to her from the beginning that the struggle for freedom could not be fought without women. Unfortunately, Sakina Jansis was taken from us on January 9, 2013. Together with her comrade Fidan Dogan and Leila Shailamas, she was victim of a political assassination here in Europe, in Paris. But she has left a great legacy. She has left a legacy for us, the Kurdish women's movement, which we will continue to lead and fight for until we have reached our goal. Yazidi women organize themselves just like Rojava. They have founded their women's councils. Today, there is a women's movement from Shanghai to Europe and worldwide. There are Yazidi women's defense units following August 3rd, but they are based on the idea of Rojava, democratic self-governing structures. And that's why I say yes, it won't be easy to go back to Shanghai and say that we are deciding behind your backs. That will not work. It will have devastating consequences for the people involved. But for us, Yazidi, too, it will be the continuation of the genocide with the difference that it will not be so easy. We are not making it that easy for the occupiers of Shanghai. The Kurdish women's movement is globally networked, structured and organized, and therefore has over 40 years of experience. We draw on over 40 years of experience from the Kurdish women's movement. 
Yazidi women or Kurdish women have always resisted. That is not new in our thousand-year-old history, but it was always local. This is how organized and globally networked we are with the organization led by Tsakin Janses since 1977. Um, especially after the movement in Rojava, the Kurdish woman uh, movement was worldwide known uh, and famous for everyone and a lot of people around the world joined the struggles because they see the struggle as a part of their own struggles too. Um, how uh, How is your local fight? You are in Berlin, you are not in Schengal. And um, how is uh, the fights or the organizing your fight and struggle in Berlin? We, the Kurdish women, also here in Berlin, understand and support the resistance of the women as an act of humanity. And therefore, we are also part of the internationalist alliance here in Berlin. To get out of this spiral of violence, which is forced upon us by the war politics of the hegemonic authorities, it is necessary that we women organize and network ourselves, because violence against women is a worldwide problem. I always call it like a malignant cancer that is growing rapidly. Racism and violence against women, these two twins, are a malignant cancer. It is spreading quickly. Women can only fight this together, and we can only do this if we organize a network. And I mean worldwide. And here in Berlin, we are very well networked. As I said before, we are part of the Internationalist Alliance in Berlin, as Benesh Efau, as the Kurdish Women's Movement. One has seen that the Kurdish women can. The Kurdish women have proved to the world in Kobane, in Chengal, not only that we are politically active, but also at, at the front, that we fight for our rights and that we also defend the values of Europe, namely democracy and human rights. A sincere thank you to the right people would be in order here, from Europe, I mean. Thank you, Nurjian, for joining us uh, from afar. Now we are excited to play the songs that Nurjian sent us. Let's listen to it together. خاتون <laughs> جنوب را بطای تیریجن روژی و بهونم بکمه کزی چیروک دستانه افسانه اره تولایق بوی اره چما ویشوی اره بپرسه چما ویشوی لوای استیم او لحیت جدر ویشان
Welcome back. Lavanda is again here with me in the studio, so we can go straight to the topic, right, Lavanda? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I think everybody is a bit uh, curious to know more about the Break uh, Isolation Group, uh, the project of International Women's Space. How was it formed? Uh, thank you very much, Shokofi. Uh, the refugee women are self-organized to speak about their own struggles, fights, and forms of violence. And the whole process, you know, goes back to the reasons why women apply for international protection. And the reality is that once they get into the borders in Europe, they face all forms of violence and oppression, and the complexity of the violence within the whole process of asylum. The lager system, the isolated accommodation, residents flinched, 
and the different forms of control. Just to mention a few. You know, I would give a whole dozen of more examples, but I will give some of these examples in this context. Everybody should have the right to have a bank account in this era of digitalization. It's a very, very basic facilitation to have online transactions. But what do we see? You as an asylum seeker have to physically go there. You know, you have to present yourself to the lagas to pick your check. That means a lot of time wasting and very, very, very inconveniencing. And the whole idea here is to control your movements and activities. Simply because you have to take the check from your own land crisis. A very other example that I would want to share with you is where in cases where you're not issued with your medical insurance card, and it therefore means that when you're sick and out of your land crisis, you still have to go back to the same land crisis to pick or get your crank and shine. This is very insane. For me, this is very, very insane. Because what happens when we have all the offices closed, it's a weekend, it's a holiday, you're sick. It therefore means you have to stay with your sickness and your pain until it is a working day. So my question has always been, and it will always remain, is it this a very, very obvious form of oppression? Within one state where we have different districts and where different homes are located, usually the rules are very, very different. And this brings a lot of confusion and clash in information within the asylum seekers to determine what is wrong and what is right for them. And uh, basically this has got a lot of consequences. There's a lot of confusion and uh, you are left without knowing what to claim as your right or what to demand as your right because there's a lot of confusion and clash of information from one place to the other. Yet all of us are in the same process of asylum. This for us is therefore a form of oppression because we always say, and this has always been a slogan, that information is power then when this information is not accessible or given to the refugees, it therefore means that this is the opposite, which is lack of information, and therefore it causes disempowerment and limitation of development. You know, you are, you are just left there. And uh, this is very, very, uh, it's a very obvious reason why they keep this uh, the way it is, because they want you to remain on that level so that you do not know what is right, you do not know what is wrong, and therefore, you don't ask or demand for your right. This is one more reason why we brought the Break Isolation Group together, which we call the BIG. And the aim was, and is, remains to share information among ourselves, understand the system, and formulate our political demands. The system is so brutal, and if you don't understand how it works, 
you take it very personal. And this can easily break you because we already know that the women already have their own existing forms of trauma. Now, in addition to the whole process of asylum, then this makes it even worse for them. And the idea of us coming together has made us understand that it's a problem of the whole structure and therefore we don't take it personal. That is why we have this project inside of IVS. So you explain us the necessity of forming this group, but uh, we wanted also in this episode uh, be a bit more focused on women's organ organizing struggle and resistance and how they build alliances. Can you tell us also a bit more about the activities of this group? As the Break Isolation Group, BIG, we are connecting to the broader objective and agenda of the International Women's Peace, IVS, which is to self-organize and formulate our political demands. We are firm, very, very committed to fighting all forms of oppression. And in the process, ensuring that we are visible, very, very visible, not just visible, and documenting our struggles without waiting for the media to do it for us. Because the moment they do it for us or they portray us, they will either do it in a very negative way or in a victim position. And we totally, completely do not agree with this. Uh, the very first episode of IVS Radio was about the situation of women living in the Laga during the Corona pandemic. That was uh, some kind of uh, that was a f uh, in the form of reports. A lot of groups were unable to stay organized because of the quarantine um, during this COVID nineteen stories. How did the Break Isolation Group manage to stay organized, and what new strategies did you develop to respond to this pandemic or the problems that this pandemic bring with themselves? Uh, with the Corona pandemic coming in, we also are not left behind, and therefore, a good example is that during the Corona pandemic when we were the last people to receive information as we were cut off from the rest of the society we decided to do it our own way we initiated our own way of being heard and being visible so to speak and were it not for the self-organization of the uh, break isolation group of sending the audio reports to the international women's space comrades who are the people who are out of the laggards to share it on our social media platforms? I tell you for sure that no one, completely no one would have known what was happening to us in the laggards. And it is in this process that developed into podcasts that connected us to other political struggles by women, not only as refugees and migrants, but other women all over the world. Through these podcasts, we are very much able to project the different forms of violence, ranging from domestic, psychological, physical. And for us, it has also become and it has remained 
a platform for us to bring information to the women and the world. So they basically get to know what is happening to us as women in the Lagos. Uh, IUS, International Women's Space, was one of the groups that was involved in the very first moments of forming the Alliance of Internationalist Feminists in Berlin. Uh, I want to mention here how Lavenda tell us before that uh, IVS was born from the idea of self-organizing as a self-defense of women from the global south. And because of this, it was always uh, important for IVS to organize with other women from the global south who have the same agenda. Exactly that. The international women's space, IVS, therefore connected with other self-organized migrant groups to form the larger alliance of internationalist feminists. And the aim was uh, to continue projecting the different forms of violence perpetrated against women, not only locally, but also internationally. And we ensure that on such days as the 25th of November, which is just around the corner, and the 8th of March, which we know is the International Women's Day, where the agenda is elimination of all forms of violence against women, we take our stand, we take our space in the streets to fight for our rights as women. These are the days that are usually marked internationally to also fight against racism, sexism, class, patriarchy, among other forms of violence. Our organized structure builds from the grassroots to fight the political systems, which forms our very, very biggest cause of oppression. And this is for sure. This is the biggest cause of oppression among the women. These grassroots groups remain the only ones that are on course and they remain the legitimate groups who objectively fight for our freedom. With these different grassroots groups, we also form our interse intersectionality. We are here and we will remain, we will be here fighting to reclaim our power because nobody else can do it for us. We do it our own way and we do it to make sure everyone else gets to know what we want, fighting all forms of oppression. Also today, Lavenda chose us a song. Can you tell us a bit about it before we are listening to? Yes, um, there's this song that I love very much. It's uh, from uh, one of the Kenyan female artists. Her name is Modoni, uh, drama queen. And the title of her song is Power. And it's a song that calls on all women to be out and uh, talk about their own rights. It's a call to women to stand up for their own rights because they are made very invisible. And it's only when they speak and talk about themselves is when they will be visible. 
You would have us forget, you would have us make it easier, have us regret, you would never say her name. You would have us forget how the mother's pressure freed the sons and daughters caught in torture chambers. Talk about it. Yeah, we've always been great for a long time now, but you always debate for a long time now. What a woman should make, what a woman should take, but you never ask a woman what a basic mistake. Now na chenye mi misti tadu Niku agyu na mafala busy body like you Wale wana fikiri yes indiri any weakness Ni better ni speakless, my actions mo witness Keep saying at the right time You keep telling us not the right time You keep saying at the right time You keep telling us not the right time I'm my own We were listening to the song Power from Motoni Drummer Queen. Thank you so much to all women who joined us today. It was really great to hear about your different experiences and it was really powerful. I want to give a short info about the Alliance of Internationalist Feminists. 
We are different groups, network, network and people who define themselves as women and or trans people. Our feminism is intersectional and position itself against all power structures and relations such as racism, colonialism, capitalism, patriarchy and imperialism. In following audios, you will also listen to the call out of Alliance of Internationalist Feminists for 25th of November demo. And we would be very happy to see all of you there. Uh, we say goodbye here with some call outs from our comrades from the Aget Frauen and Women in Exile. And again, thank you very much for listening. And we will see you on the 25th of November for these actions. Hello, everyone. My name is Natalie Chonghua. I'm from the Aget Frauen of Korea Verband. You know, one month ago, the Bezirksamt Mitte of Berlin tried to remove our peace statue due to pressure from the Japanese government. Also, we got an official permission to erect the statue. Just because the perpetrator doesn't want to be reminded of his crime, we, the women, should once again be silent in the name of male diplomacy. The scandal about the peace statue concerns not only the women in Asia, but all women in the world and especially in Berlin. Then the statue is not only a symbol of sexual slavery, sexual violence by the Japanese military during World War II, but also a symbol of victims' courage for the breaking silence, a symbol of the most successful feminist movement in the world. It is a most positive example of overcoming patriarchy colonialism through the women's power. We demand that these many meaningful peace statues in Berlin remain forever. It should be the sign of the end of the patriarchal denial. So we are beginning our rally on November 25th at 2 p.m. at the Peace Statue at the corner of Birkenstrasse, Bremerstrasse and continue the demonstration. We are the Peace Statue. Wir sind die Friedenstatue uh, with 400 chairs at 4 p.m. at the Gendarmenmarkt. After which, of course, we will join the march of the Alliance of Internationalist Feminists at 6 p.m. Please come in large number and become We Are the Peace Statue. Thank you very much. Danke. Vielen Dank. If you are not angry, you are either stone or you are too sick to be angry. Maja Angel. Kiedy państwo mnie nie chroni? Polish people are at war with the ultra-conservative government who claims the right to our bodies together with the Polish Catholic Church. Since October 22nd, women, people with uteruses, queer people have been organizing protests, city blockades, solidarity actions abroad and more. 
But solidarity is not enough. We need resistance. We must resist the violence caused by patriarchy and white supremacy. As Divuche Berlin, we've been active since 2016, but the fight is not over yet. That is why on November 25th, we are joining the demo for the International Day of the Elimination of Violence Against Women. Join us. Women in Exile and Friends organized a rally on the International Day Against Violence Against Women on the 25th November in front of the BAMF in Eisenhutestadt to say loud and clear that Eisenhutestadt is not only a dangerous corona hotspot, but also a hotspot for sexual assaults and harassment against vulnerable women, particularly lesbians. Please join us from 12 in front of the Eisenhutestadt Receiving Center and Lager. You are also welcome to meet with us at Alexanderplatz at 10 o'clock to take the train and travel together to Eisenhutestadt. Solidarity is not enough. It is about resistance. Call to all women, lesbians, trans and interpersons for the revolutionary 25th of November demo for the International Day of the Elimination of Violence Against Women in front of Auswärtiges Amt, Werdescher Markt 1, at 18 o'clock. All over the world, governments are guided by imperialist agendas that are destroying the people. These agendas are colonialization, neoliberalism, embargo policies, border regimes, deportation policies, and extra activism which robs the resources of the land and the people and forces settlements, imposes occupation and expulsion. People are fleeing from their homes because of white supremacist destructive politics. Let's be clear, white supremacy is destroying lives in the name of human rights with, on the one hand, warrant arms industry and on the other hand, detention centers and bloody borders. We believe that women's struggle, self-organization and self-defense is our strength in fighting fascism, patriarchy and racism. We will continue struggling and defending ourselves against all forms of structural, political, social and economic violence and injustice. Sister solidarity is not enough. It is about resistance. Only resistance will put an end to colonial borders and imperialist agenda. Let's be organized. Let's be uncompromising. Let's dream big. Let's stand up. Our struggle has been there all along and is connecting us around the whole world. We stand hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder together. Because the fight of each sister is the fight of all sisters. Another world is possible. We call all women, lesbian, trans and interpersons, especially trans women, working class women, disabled women, refugee women, black women, indigenous women and women of color to show our determination and resistance beyond borders. Bring your slogans and signs. Cis men are not invited. They are advised to take another action to stop violence against women. You've been listening to EBS Radio. We are broadcasting from We Are Born Free, Powerman Radio in Berlin. EVS Radio is a podcast series on the migrant women experience brought to you by EVS, the international women's space. 
We are a feminist, anti-racist group of migrant women, refugee women, and women without this experience. EVS Radio is a continuation of our work documenting the lives and stories of refugee and migrant women living in Germany. Visit our website, iwspace.de, to find out more about our work and subscribe to our newsletter. A complete transcript and a German translation of today's episode will also be available there soon. <laughs>